looks like this is home for the night. Goddamn wind. Clarence? Full of prisoners heading our way. Got caught in the storm. We need a place to hunker down until it's safe. Watch on your best behavior while we're here. Let's get a few things straight. You're in my house now. I will not hesitate to shoot you if I have to. Y'all don't think this is cruel and unusual right here? You hear that? Can you please tell me how an alligator got in your damn police station? Storm brought him in. Could be infested with him by now. If you want to survive the night, we're going to have to find a way to get along. Keep an eye on him. That's a bona fide cop killer right there. We're all going to get eaten alive. Shoot the One shot, Sheriff. I hear that tastes like chicken. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Fresh Cuts. This is Mike. Joining me, as always, it's Mr. Venom. What's up, Venom? How goes it? Greetings and salutations, Gator Wrestlers. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Arms are a little sore from wrestling all these gators, but otherwise I'm doing okay. <laughs> the, ni- the nice barrel rolls. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, <taken> under. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's Don and Ellie. What's up, Don? Yeah, what's going on? Always happy to be here. All right. So today we're talking about that. I have, I have a guess that maybe a lot of people haven't heard of or maybe they haven't haven't had a chance to see it yet but it's called the flood and as you guessed uh there's a killer gator in it thus our <laughs> our opening comments on wrestling gators but uh let's see the imdb on uh on imdb goes as follows a daring jailbreak during a dangerous Louisiana hurricane is interrupted by a horde of large Hungry alligators. Uh, I know we don't always list off like all the cast and crew, but it, it should be noted that Dean is the lead in this. Um, it's just kind of notable because for a lower budget movie, um, sometimes you luck out and get a recognizable name, and that is the with this one. But uh, does that matter overall when it comes to the movie? Does it mean uh, for it? We'll find out now with our general thoughts so venom uh what did you the flood i actually had a pretty decent time with this movie going into it i knew it was going to be kind of a low budget um you know a nature run amok type film uh, with probably some questionable cgi and it didn't disappoint but i think because i curbed my expectations a little bit i actually had a pretty decent time with this movie now Bad CGI notwithstanding, I actually liked a lot of this movie. I thought there was some decent gunplay. Not great. You know, you're not getting, you know, 007 or Mission Impossible quality gunfights by any stretch. But I thought for what they had to work with, they did a pretty good job. Um, you know, the setting was cool. You know, kind of a dilapidated police station in, in the middle of Louisiana. or I think they mentioned southern Louisiana. So uh, I thought the setting was good. I thought I, I had no issues with the performances. Like with these lower budget horror films, especially when they have a lot of unrecognizable names, you tend to get some questionable performances. I'm not saying anything in here is uh, Oscar worthy by any stretch of the imagination, but for what you're being presented with, um, I, I thought the performances were fine. I didn't really cringe or roll my eyes at any line deliveries. You know, the badass um, 
prisoners were badass prisoners, just like they needed to be. The idiot guards and, you know, uh, sheriff deputies were exactly what you would expect. Um, ultimately, I would probably say, as I've already kind of mentioned, the biggest weakness of this is going to be the CGI. Um, not to say that it's all terrible, not by any stretch. I've seen a lot worse. Hell, Aquarium of the Dead was just like a year or two ago, and this blows that movie away. Um, so I feel like the filmmakers here are really relying on people not understanding gators and the way that they act, because the gators here were incredibly aggressive, and they had they did this thing that real-life gators just don't do, where they would open their mouths and snap their mouths uh, at the, uh, you know, at the humans, and it's like real gators don't do that. For those who don't know, it takes a lot of energy. A gator exerts a lot of energy to open his mouth and then snap it shut. That's all, you know, it's a lot for them. And if you watch real gators, they don't do that that much in real life. They're not just snapping their their jaws at uh, people and animals to scare them. It's like, no, if they're opening their mouth, it's because they're about to get something to eat. Um, I feel like some sometimes the CGI, like the gators, I don't want to say that they don't look real, but their skin looks too soft. I'm, like gators and reptiles in general should be some of the easiest thing for, uh, for like CGI artists to recreate. Because they don't, you know, a gator doesn't have a facial expression. They can't change facial expressions. They don't smile. They don't roll their eyes. They don't do a lot of, you know, stupid shit that humans do. So it should be pretty easy. But, man, the CGI in here, sometimes the gators look soft. Like they look gooey. I don't mean wet. Wet is obvious. But, I mean, like their skin looks soft. Like you can almost see it, like, jiggling as they move. And it, it took me out of it every now and then. I don't want to harp about the CGI too much because, you know, like I said, low-budget horror film, you get what you pay for. But ultimately, you know, CGI aside, I thought there were some decent kills. You know, we get some good limb severing and, you know, people being attacked underwater and above water. Obviously, the ones above water because of the CGI maybe don't look great. But ultimately, I thought this movie was a lot better than the community does. I mean, this movie's sitting on a 3.3 on IMDb right now. I think it's way better than a 3.3. Absolutely, you know, if I had to score it, I would give it a much higher score than that. Um, you know, it's shot well. The score is fine. You know, cinematography, you know, it's raining and wet the entire fucking movie. At the end of the movie, we get a tiny little respite from the storm. And, you know, you get like a clear sky scene in beautiful Louisiana. But... Ultimately, I feel like if you curb your expectations a little bit and, you know, you're not getting crawl. Obviously, you know, Alexander Aja's amazing film that came out of nowhere a few years ago, you know, this is no, nothing like crawl, but it's still, I still had a good time with it. Um, like I said, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate the time that I spent with it. Um, obviously, I wish the CG was a little bit better. Um, it might have taken me out of the film a little bit less. Um, but ultimately, for whatever it's worth, I, I do also wish the finale was a little bit more exciting. The finale kind of fizzles out a little bit, in my opinion. Like, it could have definitely been a lot more exciting. In fact, the human element of the finale was better than the alligator element of the finale, which is kind of disappointing. Because when you see this trailer you're you're sitting down to watch a gator movie that's what you're expecting and the human drama te definitely takes up a large part of this film it's almost a kaiju movie in the sense that we only get sporadic shots of the gators here and there but the, it's the human drama that kind of drives the majority of the film and i like the human drama in this one i thought I, I thought all of our actors do a pretty good job i was invested in the story i was invested to see which of these pieces of shit was going to get eaten by the gator next or you know if any of them were going to survive blah 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 so you know for for what it is i had a good time with it um you know like i said it's not crawl it's not even 1980s alligator, but if you're if you're willing to accept it, I think you'll have a good time with it. That's it for now. All right, let's kick it over to Don for your general thoughts on the flood. Uh, yeah, I had uh, just as much fun with this one. Um, probably a little bit more so, just because uh, this one fell right into my wheelhouse. 
I mean, just old school, shitty CGI, just all over the place. Ah, I was in heaven with this. Um, I I mean, yeah, it looks terrible in places, but yeah, this just brought me back to a lot of the old school stuff that, uh, you know, everybody kind of makes fun of me for. But uh, yeah, it, it was just really fun to go back and, you know, have this kind of a, you know, really, really crappy CGI just in a film that takes itself way too seriously for it to be that kind of schlocky, goofy fun. I, I do agree. I, I do think the characters here are better than what you would expect them to be. I do think that there's a lot more going on in the human drama than you would expect. Uh, some of the you know double crosses and reveals kind of play itself out a little bit um, unrealistically. Like Some of the plans don't always make any sense and uh, you don't always uh, understand why, you know, the characters uh, change allegiances just, you know, as whim- as flimsily as they do, but even aside from that, I, I-, I still have a lot of fun with it. Um, I mean, the central plan is decent enough for this kind of a thing, getting everybody together in this rundown location that's cut off from everything just because of the location being damaged, and then, you know, you get the storm all overriding everything, kind of adds a fun little sense of uh, atmosphere to everything, and uh, you get just enough gunplay, just enough creature attacks. Um, the fact that they actually end up, and they do... Um, Mentioning further, um, you know, you mentioned the unrealistic action. I want to add on the realistic action of a lot of the deaths actually taking place through the Gator Roll, which I don't really see often enough uh, in these kinds of films. Uh, like Venom said, uh, the constant snapping is just something Gators don't do. I mean, you'll 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 see them when they watch them. They actually don't even open their mouths at all until like they are practically right on top of somebody and e- even then you know you you don't even really see them uh, they've always you know they always uh, used to tell you that the easiest thing to do to prevent a gator attack is to just pinch it with your index finger and your thumb and just stick that over their snout and you you can generally prevent an attack by doing that because uh like you said there's not a lot of strength in their jaws to open, but there's far more to snap it shut. So that's why he was, you know, you're saying that they don't snap their jaws frequently because it takes a lot of action to do that. And it's not something that they, you know, have just pent up aggression to just constantly snap and bite and, you know, bare their teeth at you just to, you know, kind of give you a little real life uh, biology and, uh, gator action there. So I'm not just sharks people. I actually do know a lot of other aquatic sea creatures. But uh, the idea of them doing the gator roll, yeah, that was just great. Uh, you get to see them, uh, you know, breaking bodies and just seeing them rolling all over the floor, you know, changing dimensions and, you know, sizes and all that kind of good stuff. So, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun to see that. Um, yeah, the finale is kind of a wet fart on everything. It does kind of take a lot of the oomph out of everything, but... Yeah, I, I, I had a lot more fun with this one than uh, a lot of other more modern creatures uh, features do. Should it have been a little bit goofier to kind of play into, you know, just how bad the CGI was? Maybe, uh, you know, a better finale probably would have raised this a little. Another week, uh, rendering the creatures a little bit more could have uh, improved the film a little bit. But uh, as it stands, uh, this was a lot of fun. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. It's the old school cheesy creature features that I really like. So, yeah, uh, much like Venom, I had more fun with this than I probably should have. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, this was a, a fun time. Okay, here comes Mike to bring down the mood. Well, well, guys, <laughs> all I'll say is like, like I didn't like it as much as you guys, but I still had a fun time with it. I mean, I knew what it was. The it, it was an interesting decision to give us a full shot of full alligator body CGI opening. I think Don even mentioned it to me, like when we first decided to do this, he's like, don't let the opening CGI deter you. Because at other parts of the movie, especially when the gators were in the water, I thought it looked okay. Like, obviously, a lower-budget movie, 
they're going to be working with certain constraints. But I thought there were multiple times in the movie where the CGI didn't bother me nearly as much. It was just kind of funny that, like, they put that scene at the beginning where you clearly see, like, the uh, <laughs> the constraints there. But overall, I mean, for this type of movie, it I thought it delivered on what it was trying to be. You know, it gives us plenty of like filler characters which mean which is good for a creature well I, I guess you guys would be the experts on that over me but for me i like that in a creature feature because if i'm watching a movie about any type of killer animal or monster i want it to kill people like i like i want to see that that's part of the fun of these movies is seeing what these beasts can do so as soon as like we started getting like uh multiple characters and different groups and factions i'm like oh like, I know a lot of these guys are just kind of henchmen there to get ripped apart later, and it mostly did happen throughout the movie. Um, you know, uh, other than that, you know, yeah, obviously it has the constraints of being lower budget, so it's going to run into different issues there. But for the most part, I kind of feel like if you read the description for the movie, you you know, I mean, the fact that Casper Van Dien's in it, I don't know why, but he's tended to, like, be in a lot of lower budget stuff in the last, what, decade or so. So, to me, if you're throwing this on to begin with, you're already going to have a good idea of, like, the kind of movie and the type of movie it is. And if you're okay with that going in, I would say it delivers on that aspect. Obviously, these are the movies, like, not creature features, period, but, like, the lower-budget creature features. Like, this is probably, I'd say, what, a little higher budget than Asylum, but not by a ton. That, that, specific brand of creature features I don't usually flock to but anyone that does I think this uh, is a perfectly serviceable movie I actually had fun with the scenes with the alligators I, I cracked up every time an alligator got someone and did a barrel roll in like the shallowest of shallow water <laughs> it was hilarious. well the best one was at the beginning I mean that that gator did a barrel roll on concrete <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah those that that was fun. that was great. I love that. Um, I, I mean, yeah, giving that sequence away. <laughs> I, that, that's what I was, like I was saying. I mean, uh, you know, ignore the beginning, give the film a chance. But I, I mean, it's going to be kind of hard to get past the the beginning. Um, yeah. I, I I mean i I didn't get asylum vibes from this. I mean, it it, I, yeah. it it's too serious to be an asylum film. Exactly. Yeah, I, I mean that's kind of like what I was saying about it, kind of being uh, you know a little bit too serious. So that kind of clashes with the goofy CGI. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, yeah, if you're thinking Asylum, it's it's probably a rung above them. Like it's not uh, like he was saying, it's not something like Aquarium of the Dead or any of their Sharknado films. It, it, feels a little bit more serious than that but the CGI would kind of place it in those realms if that makes any sense um, yeah that does make sense yeah yeah I'm the same way I would I would put this up, up above uh, an asylum film even a high quality asylum film I think um, this one is uh, stands head and shoulders above those but I'm going to slightly disagree with Don, though I understand Don's point about maybe being a little bit goofy with the acting because of the CGI. I actually appreciated that the actors and the filmmakers took the material a little bit more seriously. I think they understood that the CGI was going to be a limitation and, you know, that they were going to have to try to rely on making the mood and the tension as serious as possible. And, you know, whether they succeeded or not is obviously up to the individual. But, yeah, I, I appreciate it. I, I like the fact that they took it a little bit more seriously uh, for whatever it's worth. And, and that's probably why I would hold this above, you know, an asylum film. Um, that's just, you know, me personally, obviously. Don obviously yeah. likes a lot more fun and goofiness with his creature features. Nothing wrong with that, obviously. Um, I, I, I appreciate I like, when they take seriously. Go ahead, Mike. I like I like the fact that it, we get a bit of, like, confined space horror in this because it 
kind of takes place in the prison underneath the prison. Um, I like the fact that there's like almost like a siege aspect to it because you have outside groups coming in. Um, I like the mix of different groups with different interests. Um, I like how like the prisoners, when when everyone starts showing up, the prisoners are like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get free now, and like that's not exactly the objective of what's going on. Uh, and you know you have. Um, different objectives from different groups and then once they become hunted by the alligator some uh, some alliance you know uh, regretful alliances are formed that don't always turn out the best way but I, I think like the makers of this movie at least like they 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 did a good job on what they could control like sometimes with your budget that's just out of your control like they they did the best that they could work with but as far as like understanding a lot of the story elements you want in these types of movies um if you're going for more serious right as opposed to like the ones don prefers but if you're going for like a more serious tone and story and characters it i i give them credit because it's like they understood how to form that because a lot of times with lower budget stuff that's one of the main issues that I end up having having is um, it's like there's issues actually constructing a full of a fleshed out story in three acts. But this one, it like I almost want to see what they can do with like a larger budget now because they did well enough with this that uh, I, I'd be curious to see what they make next. Uh, I think they're doing uh, film that's in. Uh festival runs now called Black Mass. Um, I, I think that's what it's called. Sounds like a gangster movie. <laughs> uh, no, it's a horror film. Um, I, I actually know one of the um, I actually know one of the actresses in the film and that's what they're promoting currently. I mean, they're promoting both, but um, I think that's the one that they're going for next is something called Black Mass. One thing I do want to say is this is the second low-budget horror film in the last five years starring Casper Van Dien that I was actually surprised by. Do you guys remember? I'm not sure if Don would remember, but Mike should. Uh, from 2018, a movie called Darkness Reigns. Uh, Ooh, you and I... Yeah, I remember that. I, I actually thought that movie was like surprisingly good. Like Again, I went in... I mean, within the first couple of minutes, you can see it's low budget, you know, not a lot of uh, quality to the filmmaking, blah, blah, blah. But once the antagonists actually start to show up, uh, the spirits and everything in that hotel, I actually really, really liked it. And I remember loving the ending of that movie, too. Uh, despite the final creature kind of looking a little goofy, I actually really enjoyed it. And here it is again, Casper Van Dien in a low-budget horror film that I expected nothing from, and I actually get some quality out of it. I'm, I'm actually really happy about that. And if if you guys haven't seen Darkness Reigns, all you everyone listening, I would I would say check it out. It's found footage. Fair warning. And oh. um, it's found footage. It's, yeah, wasn't that found footage? I could, wait, hold on, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Which rains are you talking about? Is it spelled like a title rain, or is it like a raining blood thing? Yeah, raining blood. Like R-E-I-G-N. Oh, it's spelled like that kind of a rain? Exactly, yep, yep, yep. Oh, maybe I haven't seen it then. Yeah, it took place in a hotel. I don't know if Mike remembers it. We reviewed it for Jason Lloyd's Bloody Bits back in 2018. Yeah, I vaguely remember it. yeah. We we just did like a quickie five to eight minute little review on it for Jason Lloyd's show, but like I said, I just you know because Casper Van Dien is not a guy that I expect much from, especially in twenty twenty three. It's like uh, yeah, I see his name on a marquee. Eh, it's not exactly something I'm going to rush out to see, you know, unless it's a a Starship Troopers movie or something. But uh, you know, it's. Uh, so when I see his name, I instantly am like, ah, uh, yeah. It, it's kind of like seeing Lance Hendricks, it's Lance Hendrickson's name now. You know, you see his name on a on a poster, you get excited, and then you watch the movie, and you know, it's it's just we, not we, great. We call it the we call it the Lin Shay effect. I, I'll go with that. <laughs> I will absolutely go with that. Now, but, now to uh, her yeah. credit, 
now mm-hmm. to Lynn Shay's credit, at least she's still also getting some like you know major motion yeah. picture appearances along with like the lower budget stuff. Maybe the Barbara Crampton effect, although she's been in some good stuff yeah, too. Yeah. Oh, so hey, don't say Crampton. That's my friend. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, the listeners, you, you guys kind of know what I'm talking about. You know, you see a classic, um, you know, horror person's name in on a poster, you get mildly excited, like maybe a Heather Langenkamp, something like that. But then you watch the movie and it's like, oh, somebody needed money. Okay, which is fine. I, hey, we all got to eat. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. That Casper Van Diem is actually like <laughs> batting. He's got a pretty good batting average with me right now. Granted, I don't watch a lot of his movies. Obviously, if if I'm assigned to watch it for a show, but for whatever it's worth, this is the second one in five years that you know I was very surprised by the quality of it. So I want to at least point that out. <laughs> um, I don't know anything else before we go into a walkthrough. I guess more of a swim through for this one. <laughs> a barrel roll through. <laughs> ah, God, the death rolls. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. I mean, obviously, coming into this, like before, we were we don't we don't tend to do a lot of like discussing a movie before we record. We kind of go in with fresh thoughts, no pun intended. But uh, I, like, the, it was easy to assume that like out of the three of us, I would like it the least, and. That's, I mean, it, it sounds like it is the case, but even with that said, I still enjoyed it. So, like, in my general thoughts, even though I wasn't necessarily, like, hyping it up, I still thought it was, like, a pretty serviceable low-budget creature feature. So I would still recommend it, like, for people um, once it becomes available, you know, whatever people subscribe to. Um, and Yeah, I think it's still... It definitely has a niche crowd, yeah. I'm saying, I think it's still just on general VOD. It's not on any main platform yet, right? Nope. Because I haven't seen it on any of the the usual suspects. I, I think $6. it's still just... $6.99, too. That's a little steep. Six ninety nine for this? Eh, okay. I mean, three or four, maybe, but... Exactly, yeah. Oh, five bucks all day long. Four ninety nine, uh, three ninety nine, yeah. But six ninety nine, yeah. that's that's a little steep. Mm. Yeah, I mean, maybe. That's... It's probably a quarter of the movie's budget. Come on now. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, uh, it's not on uh, general services yet, but... Yeah. Yeah. But if anybody's interested, you can rent it on VOD and on all VOD platforms. I've seen it uh, advertised on at least six different ones, you know, Prime, uh, Vimeo, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, yeah. Anything else before we get into it? I'm good, yeah. All right, this shouldn't be much of a very long walkthrough. I mean, it's an alligator movie that's set in a single location. So, you know, we can all kind of guess where the hell the movie's going. Um, Our movie basically opens up uh, with a storm. There is a major hurricane going through uh, Louisiana. We see uh, two people, a man and a woman, run into like a warehouse-type room, you know, just kind of like a utility room. Uh, they start to close it off and, and board up the doors if they can, uh, you know, to, to protect themselves from the storm. They're obviously not uh, friends. They're strangers. You know, they're still kind of introducing themselves. And then at one point, uh, the door swings open magically, like like they got fucking ghosts or something. Uh, of course, the guy goes to the door to reclose it. He starts up a conversation with the girl in the process of doing that. And then we see something grab him from outside. We don't see what, but we see just him basically get dragged out the door and away from the building. Uh, The girl is left there by herself. She doesn't know what the hell is going on. And then finally we see an alligator come in through the same open door. And, yeah, like Mike said earlier, uh, Mike or Don, I don't remember who, but uh, like one of them said earlier, I mean, we see the entire gator right from the start. Like there's no side shots or back shots or just shots of its feet or whatever. Um, It's just in all of its glory, just bam, there it is. And I think that may do a disservice to the movie Um, because, you know, 
obviously, you know, we've already discussed the, the weak CGI throughout the film, and this cold open is definitely the weakest CGI in the movie. So Don's statement of if you can get past the cold open, you should be able to finish the movie is 100% valid because I was really laughing through this whole scene, you know. Um, I love my creature features, and I try to take them as seriously as possible, but the opening scene, like, these are the worst two actors in the movie. The, the, these unnamed guy and girl in the cold open uh, just are the worst. Um, and then, like I said, Gator walks in. The girl tries to get away from the Gator. She, she actually stabs the Gator in the eye with a piece of wood. Good on her. Uh, unfortunately, the Gator is able to get the upper hand and, you know, basically takes her out. And this is when the gator does the death roll. For those who don't know, uh, gators, once they lock onto their prey, will generally do a barrel roll. Um, it's, and there's one of two purposes for that. Uh, one would be to, if they're in the water, to drown their victim, assuming that they attacked something that's not waterbound. Uh, and then the other reason is to just get pieces of the animal off of it. Like if it get, if it attaches to your arm, it's going to do a barrel roll to try to rip your arm off so that it can eat your arm whole, blah, blah, blah. So this one it looked kind of weird because the gator was already, already had her in his clutches. She already, he already had his leg in her mouth, but then he does the barrel roll, but instead of her leg breaking off, which I, I think they missed an opportunity here. They should have had her leg break off. Instead, they do the fucking cartoon thing where she spins with the gator. And the gator spins so fast that it almost looks like a cartoon. Like, uh, easily the worst part of the movie. It's funny as hell. Don't get me wrong. It's entertaining as shit. But, yeah, again, I, if the leg would have just broken off, I think it would have just looked a lot better and, you know, given us, it would have given us a nice little bit of gore in the beginning because ultimately the, the cold open doesn't really have much gore. Uh, but anyway, once uh, our girl is dispatched, we go to our uh, opening credits, our title card, and then we are transported to a bus. And a bus that's on the road, it's, it's basically driving through this storm. And it's a penitentiary bus. It's a bus going towards a prison uh, to be potentially the final stop for these five uh, criminals. We are introduced to all five of them. I'm not going to get into introducing them all. Uh, you know, they're, they're all badasses in one way or another. You know, you've got your Nazi skinhead. You've got, you know, your black guy, former gang member. Uh, you, you've got your big scary guy that looks like he could crush a human skull. Um, what else? You've got you got the one local guy, the one guy from Louisiana called Big Jim, who really, really leans into that Louisiana accent throughout this entire movie. I'm not. I don't want to say that this actor is doing an accent. I mean, he legitimately could be from that region. I don't. You know, I, it's not like I know the accent very well, but. After a while, it definitely felt very uh, forced at times. And then the fifth member of the uh, criminal menagerie is a guy named Russell. That is our boy, Casper Van Dien. And, you know, he may have a different story from some of these other criminals on the bus. So, like I said, five criminals, two guards on the bus. They are caught in the storm. Uh, they realize that there's no way they're going to make it to their destination today. So they decide to pull over at the closest police station that they can find. And that turns out to be uh, this particular police station. Um, I forget the name of it. I think it was like Latree or something like that. Latree, Louisiana. Um, but basically they make a um, like a distress call to the police station. Let them know their situation. Um, the deputy actually answers the call and tells them, yeah, okay, go ahead and call on over. Um, deputy's kind of a younger guy, you know, maybe late 20s, early 30s, but he's very obviously the deputy. He's got that kind of goofy attitude where he wishes he was in charge, but he isn't. And we are then introduced to our sheriff, um, Sheriff Joe, who is a female, a, a rather a beautiful female as well, a tall blonde lady. Um, who obviously, of course, is causing a lot of stir between the inmates. You know, they're, they're all talking about what they're going to do to her if they get her a hold of her, blah, blah, blah. You know, just like any good criminal would. Um, eventually, they are put into holding cells, and 
basically are told, you know, uh, we're just going to have to wait out the storm here. Uh, while this is all happening, uh, our sheriff sent one of her other deputies to go downstairs to basically sandbag the back door so that water wouldn't come flooding into the pre- into the precinct. Of course, he never does. He never did it. So she she orders him to go do it again. And this is where we get um, our first alligator attack in the police station. Um, and this guy, God damn it. Why do we have like how does a guy that fat? become a cop like i mean how desperate does a does a does a uh, city or a town need to be to have a guy like that as a cop i'm sorry i i think it's probably a lot to choose from <laughs> i think it's probably just kind of playing into that uh you know sheriff gleason thing from like smoking the yes. bandit or something absolutely you are he is absolutely comic relief and sadly he's only mildly comical more of the com- more of the better comedy comes from our inmates, but we'll get to that. Um, so while he's down in the basement um, looking for the sandbag so that he can sandbag the uh, the back door, he he finds out that the basement is already flooded, like the water is already waist deep. Of course, he goes down in there, um, you know, trying to look to see if he can get those sandbags out of there, which are all uh, submerged underwater, and of course. We see one of our little gator buddies coming into the uh, into the room, into the room in the basement that our um, that our deputy is in. Of course, you know we get we get a couple of false starts, if you will, a couple of false jump scares. Eventually, the gator does actually grab him by the arm, rip his arm off, and swallow it. Which that was actually pretty. This it all happened underwater, so this kill looked really cool. Like I said, once we get past the cold open, the kills do start to look a lot better. Um, they tend to hide the gators more in darkness and, and underwater more, so that the CGI looks a little bit better. So, um, so yeah, there's our fat deputy is now gone, dispatched. Um, now, uh, the other thing that I forgot to mention is that with with all of this happening. Um, there is another group involved here, and they look to be a mercenary group. Uh, for some reason, they had a plan to take out that bus. We don't quite know why at this point in the movie, but it, it's very obvious. They're all armed to the teeth, military weapons, high-grade weapons, um, and th- their plan was to take out that bus, obviously you know, with the intention of probably freeing one or all of the inmates on the bus. Um, but because of the storm, the bus had to take a detour to this police station instead of continuing its way uh, to the prison. So they, they being the mercenaries, then follow the bus to the police station. And they don't rush the police station right away. They kind of uh, sit in the car and argue for a little bit. And finally, uh, after our deputy is taken out, um, we start hearing gunshots upstairs and our sheriff and deputy go up there. And what they find is that there's a group of people outside the police station, just indiscriminately shooting into the police station, just bullets flying in. Um, luckily no one is hit right away from these all bullets that are getting shot in, but then eventually the shooting stops and our perpetrators uh, come into the police station, and there, I believe, there are four of them total. Right? Yeah, Rafe is the leader. We got one female, and then we got two other like badass type military guys with them. So yeah, a total of four. Uh, we also notice that when they're following the bus to the police station, they're uh, they've got a, t- a trailer hitch behind them with a couple of jet skis on it. So obviously, they've got a plan enacted or you know ready to go. Um, like I said, once uh, the shooting stops, they enter the police station, they yell out, anybody still alive, you know, who's here? Uh, eventually the sheriff does start to speak with the leader. His name is Rafe. Rafe basically asks him, you know, how many, or asks the sheriff how many people are here, um, you know, how many guards were with the bus, blah, 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 like just trying to assess the situation and figure out how many people they have to deal with. Eventually, one of the idiot guards from the bus hears the gunfire upstairs and decides to come up. He ends up walking upstairs just as Rafe and the sheriff are talking. They're obviously both behind barricades because the sheriff doesn't want to get shot. 
and um, they're they're just kind of talking, trying to figure out, you know, what's about what's going to happen. Rafe is kind of in the middle of giving them instructions, you know, drop your weapons, come out, no one will be hurt, blah blah blah. If you comply, um, but uh, but this idiot bu- uh, bus guard um, Elkins was his name Elkins, I think it was Elkins. Anyway, yeah, there it is, it's Elkins. Uh, basically, he comes upstairs in the middle of the conversation, realizes that there's a terrorist situation happening, and for some reason, he thinks he's Rambo because out of nowhere, he basically winks at the sheriff, who he's been hitting on the entire time since he's been here, by the way, and basically tries to be Rambo and jump out into the room and take out the the paramilitary guys. And obviously he gets punked and just gets shot. He does end up getting one shot off, uh, and, and it hits one of the, uh, one of the, uh, criminals in the neck, one of the mercenary guys, um, in the neck. It looks pretty bad. I mean, it's not like a grazing shot. It looks like they caught him dead center neck. Um, so he's not looking too good. Um, eventually, um, everybody gets together, you know, once the, the sheriff and her deputy, kind of relinquish their weapons and they come out. Rafe takes everybody and goes down to the holding cells. And at the holding cells is where, um, you know, this is where we get our, like our introduction or actually the introduction scene was earlier, which I did enjoy where all five of the perps kind of, you know, are introduced by the sheriff, you know, what their crimes were, what kind of jail time they're looking at, whether it's life, life without parole, blah, blah, blah. Um, and basically, while she's down there, the female uh, mercenary basically wants to take out all the cameras. There's surveillance cameras in the police station. Now, the sheriff and the deputy both claim that the cameras don't work, that they were washed out, you know, days ago and that, you know, those cameras don't work. Of course, the military guys being smarter than your average cop don't believe them. So um, Rafe has the female mercenary uh, take the sheriff to the area, you know, where the surveillance is done and where everything is recorded, blah, blah, blah. Um, and when they get there, they get to the same room where the uh, deputy, the fat deputy, got taken out by the gator. Um, he, he's nowhere to be found. But they see that the water is already waist deep. And she convinces, um, or the sheriff convinces the mercenary that, see, there's the cables for the surveillance, and they're all cut and broken, and they're underwater, and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, the mercenary is convinced that, okay, fine, the cameras aren't working. But then just as they're leaving, um, the sheriff sees the deputy's flashlight underwater. And she's like, why is there a flashlight there? Like, still on. Um so she goes into the room, much you know, to her chagrin. She goes into the room. She bends down to pick up the the flashlight, which, like I said, is still on. When she pulls the flashlight under out of the water, uh, the deputy's arm is still attached to it. The, the arm is severed, but you know it's still grasping the flashlight. So that must be the other arm, the one that the gator didn't eat, apparently. So. Uh, You know, when they pull up the arm, uh, they both scream and kind of splash around a little bit. And later in the movie, uh, from the local uh, criminal, the the one guy, Big Jim from Louisiana, you know, he lets people know, oh, if you splash, it's going to get their attention. So obviously a gator ends up coming down to to the basement. This is when the female mercenary first sees a gator. Like, no one even knows there's gators around yet. Obviously, when the sheriff pulls that arm up from the water, she realizes there's something going on here. Uh, but then they see the gator come down the stairs and into the water. Bothered the shit out of me how long it took the female mercenary to start shooting. Like, she literally waited till the gator submerged himself underwater and then started shooting. It's like... He's literally five feet away from you on the stairs. Just empty a clip into him. But nope, she waited. And, of course, she ends up getting taken out. Gator. And, actually, there's two. uh, At this point, there's two gators down there. Apparently, the gator that killed the deputy was still down there the whole time. But probably because he was so full from eating such a fat human being that he didn't attack the sheriff when she first walked in there. But then the second gator came in through the door. Um... 
And then when the sheriff runs away back up the stairs, we see the two gators uh, munching on the female mercenary. Man, these gators are really well fed. I'm surprised they're so aggressive because they got to be just full of human meat. But there you go. Um, Okay, so at this point, um, it is now official. The sheriff knows that there are gators in the police station. Um, she believes that there's four of them as of right now, but, you know, she obviously doesn't know exactly how many. Um, this is when Rafe, the leader of the mercenaries, um, basically has the sheriff release his guy, and it's Casper Van Dien's character, Russell. Basically, Rafe and the mercenaries are there to free Russell. It seems like almost like they're friendly, but then once they actually start talking to each other, you realize they're not friends. Rafe is breaking Russell out for some nefarious reason that we don't know about yet. Um, so at this point, you know, uh, we get some back and forth. We get some splitting up. Obviously, we get a bunch of different scenes of uh, different splinter groups splintering off and trying to find different ways out of the building. I'm not going to go through every single scene. Like I said, it's an al- it's a wild alligator movie. You kind of know what you're in for. Um, different, you know, like I said, uh, different perps get taken out at different times. Um, our big, uh, big Jim, the Louisiana guy, you know, ends up actually wrestling a gator for a good amount of time, like I mean, he definitely lasted longer than anybody else having had experience with Louisiana alligators. And I got to ask Mike a question. Mike, when Big Jim was on top of that gator, did that gator do a goddamn jujitsu reversal? Did you see that shit? <laughs> he did a goddamn reversal. I couldn't get over it. <laughs> yeah. My, that gator had MMA some moves guy. that I... I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I admit I haven't seen gators make those kind of moves before, but I was I was down for it in the movie. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, in the context of the movie, it's great. Absolutely. Because um, it seems like Big Jim is going to get the better of this gator. Like I said, he's got him straddled. He's on top of it. And this gator just fucking does the most badass jujitsu reversal I've ever seen. And, of course, ends up taking Big Jim out, sadly. Um, who was one of the more likable criminals? I mean, obviously, Casper Van Dien is the star. He's the one that we're following. Um, eventually, we do get his story, his actual story. As it turns out, him and Rafe pulled off a job years ago, stole a bunch of money from somewhere. Um, but uh, let's see, Russell was the getaway driver. And in the process of putting the money in the car from wherever it was they were stealing it, um, police showed up and started firing. So Russell literally just takes off. He's the getaway driver, but he forgot to wait for anybody to get into his car. He ends up just driving off with the money still in the car. He ends up taking the money to – or he hides it. He stashes it, as he says. And then he decides, okay, let's go back. I'm going to go to the rendezvous point, basically where we were supposed to meet if shit hit the fan. You know, if, if, if the shit eventually hit the fan, we have a rendezvous point. He gets to the rendezvous point, and there's nothing but cops there waiting for him. So, you know, two plus two equals four. Obviously, Rafe and the rest of the gang were pissed off that he took off with the money. They probably figured he was stealing the money, that he was actually taking it for himself and not stashing it until, you know, the the heat kind of wore off. So they rat him out. The cops are waiting for him. He ends up going to jail. And in the process of the robbery, Rafe and some of the other mercenaries killed some police officers. They killed multiple police officers. So this guy, Russell, Casper Van Dien, is basically titled a cop killer. You know, throughout the movie, different people call him cop killer. I don't know how one criminal calling another criminal a cop killer is an insult, but apparently here it is. You think that that would make a criminal a hero to other criminals. Oh, I killed a cop. Rock on. Nope. (laughs) They call him cop killer just the same as anybody else does. Um. So, yeah, that's the backstory of Russell. Um, you know, he he was, I mean, he never tried to deny that he did anything wrong. I mean, he never shot anybody. He didn't go into the establishment that they were robbing. He was just the getaway driver. But, of course, he was the only one that got caught. So, you know, he got charged for all the murders of, of the police officers, eventually got convicted, and now he's in jail. 
So, you know, that's his story. Eventually, towards the end of the film, Rafe and Russell end up having one last go, where Rafe is basically saying, okay, let's get out of here. Um, you know, to Russell, I've got the keys. I know where the jet skis are. Let's just get the fuck out of here. But at some point in the movie, Russell develops a heart. He starts to feel bad for the sheriff. Um, he tells Rafe, I'm not going to leave her here. I'm not going to leave her here by herself. And he's like, she's a fucking cop. What do you care? She's just going to put you back in jail. And, you know, Russell, being the somewhat good guy that he is, is just adamant that he's not going to leave the uh, the sheriff there. And they get into a fist fight, which is actually a pretty decent little fight for whatever it's worth. Um, while they're fighting, we see the sheriff going back uh, to a part of the police station where there's tanks. There's these uh, propane tanks that they, I guess, propane tank storage, if you will. And basically she's waiting for, you know, she lured a couple of gators to this area. You know, she they're chasing her. Once they get within shot, you know, within damage distance of the tanks, she goes ahead and shoots the tanks, which causes a chain reaction explosion throughout the police station. It doesn't destroy the police station by any stretch, but it does some pretty nasty damage. Obviously, it's not going to kill every gator. You're not going to kill every gator in Louisiana with one explosion, um, let alone the ones that are, you know, just there at the police station. But it does create enough of a distraction that she is able to get out. Um, obviously, Russell ends up winning his fight with, with Rafe, Rafe, as of course, ends up getting taken out by a gator, you know, towards the end. And then we get our final scene of uh, Russell and the sheriff jet skiing. Um, it's the next morning. The sun is out. It's the first time we've seen nice weather. And uh, we see them jet skiing out to like the middle of uh, that river. Uh, I guess the Mississippi, right? Runs through uh, Louisiana. Um, let's see. Uh, they basically stop uh, the jet skis, and then they just start talking. Uh, Russell basically says to the sheriff, you know, I assume you're going to be taking me back to the to the prison now, blah, blah, blah. Um, she does exactly what we expected her to do. She basically says, well, it looks like I'm going to have to report five dead criminals. And, you know, Russell is surprised, you know, because obviously after everything that he's done and he's been accused of, the sheriff is now basically just going to let him go on his merry way. But like I said, they built a – not a relationship, but they built like an understanding throughout the film that Russell wasn't really nearly as bad as any of the, either the criminals that he was with or the mercenaries who came to break him out, you know. So she makes her judgment call. They go their separate ways down opposite sides of the river. Our movie fades to black, and that is The Flood 2023. Now, obviously, I skipped a lot of action sequences, but as I said – it's an alligator movie. You kind of know what you're getting. It's not like there's going to be a gator in here that pulls out an Uzi or a, or a samurai sword or something. They're fucking gators. And like as we've already said, um, they take the movie rather seriously. So other than that one barrel roll at the beginning of the movie, most of the actions from the CG gators are believable and look pretty decent, actually. Like, when they when the gator kills the one per, uh, the one mercenary who got shot in the neck like that that kill actually looked really cool like that was one of the first really cool looking kills of the movie um, and there are more like I said I didn't go over every single death like I said there's there's five criminals two guards um, two sheriff's deputies and the only survivors of the film are the sheriff and Russell. So a decent little body count. Mm. Better than some of the other films I've seen. Oh, guaranteed. Like even after I was done watching this movie, it's like I can see how people are going to pan this movie. Um, and obviously it's got a 3.3 on IMDb, but I, like I said, I didn't regret my time with it. I don't remember rolling my eyes or cringing at any particular spot in the film. You know, performances were fine. Line dial, you know, dialogue readings were fine. Um, it's really just the CGI. And like Don said, after a while, it just becomes endearing. Like it just adds to the fun of it. So, yeah. you know, just accept it and have yeah, fun. It felt exactly like home. Felt exactly yeah, like a go. lot of the stuff I used to watch. 
<laughs> I do wish they had yeah. more real gators in the movie. That's that's one regret. Because, uh, you know, there are gator wranglers, and there's lots of gators that work in cinema. Um, obviously, for the kill scenes, you're not going to use the real gators. But I do wish, because even in Crawl, if you remember Alexander Aja's Crawl, there were scenes in that movie with real gators swimming through the water, um, just kind of chilling on the side. This one, it's just they're all CGI, every single one of them. And that that's too bad. That's the only thing that I kind of regret. I would have liked to have seen. Maybe if they had real gators in there, it would have made their CGI gators look even dumber. So maybe that was an aesthetic choice to not have any real gators in there. But, you know, that's just, you know, me wishing more than anything. <laughs> it's not like they wouldn't have had any access to it. I mean, it was shot in Thailand, so... Oh, yeah, lots of – well, do they have gators or crocs in Thailand? Well, that's what I was going to say. Maybe because of the fact that they're using Thailand as the filming location, trying to pass that off as Louisiana, I don't know if they would have been able to get their hands on it, considering the budget. Exactly, yeah. That's probably – that makes more sense, yeah. Yeah. True. Um, But, yeah, I would would say, like, anyone that throws the movie on, if – if you're fine with what you see in that opening opening scene, which is you get a kill right off the bat, you get a decent idea of what the gator is going to look like. Um, if if you're not turning it off at that point, I think it all gets better after, yeah. including the CGI. Uh, you know, it, the CGI is nothing to write home about. It, you're not going to be impressed with it necessarily, but I think the opening shot is probably the most or at least one of the most blatant displays of it in the whole movie so it does get better yes absolutely um all right well i think i think that wraps up our discussion on the flood in this episode so before we get out of here let's uh hear what else we got coming up or already out or both combination of both so venom i'll start with you um Latest episode of the main show is in the can, recorded. We looked at Derek's picks this time, and we looked at 1978's The Manitou and 1981's um, The Incubus. Uh, one was a new, a first-time watch for me and Mike, actually, but they, it was different which, which movie it was. Um, but, yeah, a really good time with that one. That one ended up being a really quick show. Like, we, we got through what we're watching and the news and everything else in record time. Um, it felt like it was under two hours, which would be a minor miracle for the main show. But, yeah, check that out once it's available. Mike will probably uh, be able to clue you in on when that might be available. Uh, let's see. No More Room in Hell presents Creature Features, uh, episode 18. I forget so. my numbers. Yeah, so yeah. it's the, the latest episode of Creature Comforts where we look at the new Thai creature feature, The Lake, that was released earlier this year. Fun time. Uh, another quick episode, actually, one of, the, one of the shortest creature comforts we've ever done. Um, but, yeah, check that out. And um, my guest spot on the Joe Blow Horror Show still hasn't been released. When it does, I will let everybody know where you can listen to that. I think they just released episode one, so you should be coming up. Nice. Yep, I'm on the second one. So yeah. uh, next episode, I'll probably be talking about that. So look out for that. And that's pretty much it. No new episode of Crystal Lake Gift Shop yet. And um, hopefully we'll have a quick turnaround on uh, the main show since we already know what movies we're doing for the next episode. You know, it, you know. Fingers crossed the schedules uh, jive, and we can get the next episode out sooner than later. But that's it for me. All right. How about you, Don? Uh, yeah, as mentioned, uh, latest episode of uh, Creature Comforts is out there. Uh, the Lake, which is a fun time, better than this one. Uh, it's a you know Ooh. higher end budget. It's a higher end uh, production than this one, but. Uh, both really fun and uh, definitely enjoyable in their own merits. Uh, the guest spot that I have been promising for a long time is available. Uh, this is the Road to Nowhere show where I did uh, three Lucio Fulci films, which uh, were all first-time watches uh, for the uh, host of the show, so that was uh, a lot of fun to introduce one of my all-time favorites uh, to him. 
I have a, let's hope this one goes better. Um, hopefully I won't be talking about this one for a while at least. But uh, I did a uh, impromptu guest spot on a, a friend's uh, show. This one is Podcast in the Woods. And uh, I did an impromptu guest spot on Terrified. Um, yeah, um, I absolutely had a fun time with that one. Uh and this is the Argentinian film, uh, not the killer clown slasher, just to yep. make sure no wires are crossed. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, uh, Venom, you were going to be absolutely in love with it because I was the weakest one and I called it sick. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fucking adore that movie. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I, I mean, I'm the weakest one on there, and I call it a, a must-watch, so uh, right. that should give you uh, any idea of the uh, well-deserved and uh, well-regarded infatuation with that one. And then the uh, last ones, uh, again, I'm still waiting on Stu World Order to drop, which uh, I don't know when, but uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, sooner rather than later, because Road to Nowhere came out, and I promised you that one would. So uh, I'm promising you that one will come out as well. And uh, finally, for uh, my main show, uh, which is actually kind of uh, fun in that uh, the 69th episode in the feed is uh, my top 10 zombie films. So uh, unplanned and uh, not necessarily one that I had any intention of uh, scheduling around, but uh, it was just one of those where I realized, hey, I've got 68 episodes in the feed and uh, the next one is on zombies. So there you go. But, uh, yeah, there's uh, two other bonus episodes in the feed, so it's not episode 69, but uh, it's the 69th episode in the feed. So, uh, yeah, um, the latest episode is my top ten zombie films, which is a subject near and dear to my heart because I actually like those more than sharks, if you can believe it. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much uh, all the stuff on my end. All right. Uh, as far as I go, Venom mentioned most of it right then. The main show is recorded, episode 54. Uh, I'll probably... Actually, no, I know I will be working on this weekend, and since it's a weekend that I'll be doing it and not a weeknight, I should be able to get it done and have it out uh, early next week. A lot of the times I do it on weeknights, so like I'll spread it, spread the editing out over... A couple of days, but uh, whatever, whichever day I don't go see Oppenheimer, I'll probably get started on it and complete it. Um, so look for that next week. Um, Mike's not going to go see Oppenheimer. He's very clearly going to see Barbie. He's oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just glad we had a double release, so I have a cover. I have a cover excuse. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> What else? I, I actually am scheduled, well, not scheduled yet, but I am doing um, the Joe Blow Horror Show for a different Resident Evil uh, movie in the franchise. And if any of our listeners are familiar with Carly from Summer Party Massacre, um, uh, I was going to say something else, but <laughs> I can't remember what other show I was going to say. But I... Uh, She's on the same episode as me, so it's just a matter of uh, all of us scheduling a time in for that. So that'll be somewhere in the future. And uh, that's it for me. Uh, the, the main show looks like the next picks are mine in the rotation. So I'm pretty sure what they're going to be. So um, uh, I, I, we don't usually announce that on here, though, but... Hopefully we'll get that out. Uh, we have like another one, only one week left in July after this week, so pro I'm guessing it'll probably be early August that we record it. Um, and then you know, as long as we can stick to that, maybe we'll get a second episode of it out in August. But uh, until then, uh, yeah, hopefully you'll enjoy the new episode of that. As far as fresh cuts goes, we'll be one more episode uh, without the theater because talk to me comes out next week, but now, that'll be the following episode. So There is a film, uh, and this is another one of those situations where it might only be playing in L.A., but there is a movie opening at the AMC Theaters out here this weekend called Cobweb. I know nothing Lizzie about Kaplan it. One? I have no idea. I, I, I was just I looking through the so. AMC app. But um, that, so that opens this Lacey weekend. I earlier. 
Yeah, I was talking to Lacey earlier, and she mentioned that because sometimes she'll ask, "Oh, what are you guys doing on the next Fresh Cuts?" And I'm like, "I don't know yet." I was like, "Because there's not like a major theatrical release." But she told me about that briefly. Like, tried to Google screens here, and it looked like it wasn't giving me anything for my zip code. So I'll look oh, wow. again to double. But uh, if not, then yeah, we'll have to yep. find something um, on VOD again. I mean, it's playing at multiple AMCs out here. I mean, obviously that that holds no bearing to the rest of the country, but if it's playing near you, I mean, I, I might go see it anyway, just just because it's theatrical horror, and I'm not ultra excited about next week because next week we actually have two theatrical openings: Talk to Me and Haunted Mansion. And I know Haunted Mansion is a Disney movie, but this one looks like it's taking the material much more seriously than the last Haunted Mansion movie and with the with the Waynes brothers. Um, I don't know. I if thought that was Eddie yeah. Murphy. Oh wait, Eddie Murphy? No, Haunted Mansion. Yeah, I thought it was Eddie Murphy. That was, that was, that was the Waynes brothers. Eddie Murphy, yeah. I thought it was Eddie Murphy. I mean, I guess I could be wrong, but yeah. I, I'm pretty I, sure Eddie Murphy was... started it, unless you were meaning like the Waynes brothers made it, but. Um, oh, okay, okay, you're probably right. I do agree. This one, this one looks like it's a more even keeled tone between like Disney, but like actually a little bit serious. Which obviously it's not going to be like crazy, scary, or serious because it's it's still I mean, a yeah, Disney it's property. still PG. It's still PG as well. So yeah, um, but A24's Talk to Me also comes out next week. So yep. And then the first week of August is Last Voyage of the Demeter, right? Um, I thought it was August 11th. I mean, it might be it might be the first. I saw one. I thought it was maybe it's 11th. Because I, I thought I saw one on the preview for it. So maybe you're right. Maybe it is the 11th. Because that's the last, next one after, yes. right? Yeah I'm, look, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's August 11th. Okay, yeah, because I, I thought I saw one. I didn't know when, when it was. But, yeah, it must be 11th then. Yeah. Uh, oh, we got the Meg 2 August 4th. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. Mm, I didn't... I I mean, I don't know release dates, but uh, yeah, if you say so. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's, it's uh, The Meg 2 is August 4th. Uh, the Nun 2, September 8th. Uh, uh, Saw 10 just got announced for the end of September. I think the 20th. Yeah, they pushed it up. That's weird. I guess they didn't want to go up against The Exorcist. That's what I'm assuming, because October has so many that they didn't want to compete, but I would probably rather see Saw 10. (laughs) Oh, God, any day of the week, especially because of where it is. I mean, from what I understand, this Saw movie takes place between Saw 1 and 2. So that's a time period I'm very interested in. So I'm looking forward to this one. Well, it can't be any worse than Spiral. Uh, no, nothing is worse than Spiral. Fuck <laughs> <Not> that movie. <laughs> Sorry, Chris Rock. I like you, but Spiral sucked. <laughs> it looked pretty, but that was about it. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's get out of here. All right, yeah, let's get out of here. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the latest episode. Uh, we will be back in a week, or probably less than a week, since we recorded this episode later. Um with a new episode so check us out then but until then let's say bye to our listeners later never wrestle with a gator (laughs) maybe say for a cgi gator (laughs) well i I should actually say in this special case uh later gator Ah! (laughs) peace